2: Welcome everybody, welcome to the latest Kitchen Garden podcast and I'm here as usual with Tony who's uh, sitting in another shed somewhere in Lincolnshire and we've got a special guest today, Hugh Richards. Uh, we've been itching to talk to for, for quite some time and Hugh's obviously a gardener He's uh, and <laughs> he's also a prolific YouTuber and permaculture expert. And well, there's no ends to the, the the strings in his bow, I don't think. His horticultural bow. So we're we're here to have a chat and ask him some questions. So welcome
3: Hugh. Thank you. Uh, I think yeah. when it starts entering ornamental territory, that's where my, my skill set starts to fall off the <laughs> side of a yeah. cliff. So yeah, d- yeah, don't worry. I, you d- know. D- d- ditto. Um,
2: yeah, that's three I'm, that's I'm three
3: of them. us, Hugh. <laughs> oh, I'm of
2: course yeah yeah yeah, yeah um yeah. yeah thanks for having me on no it's, it's a mm-hmm. real pleasure so we have been we've been waiting ever since we got a copy of your book um which i think tony's got with him there so yeah, yeah well, we've been itching to talk to you about that and often look at um at what's your youtube channel um, the vegetable growers oh, handbook oh yeah an, an excellent book and I hope everyone who's listening to this, if they're a KG reader, will have seen a, an excerpt from the book in, in KG not so long ago um, on mildew control, which we might get onto in a, in a little while. So, Hugh, what got you into gardening? Are you from a gardening background? I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking you are.
3: Wow. Uh, so, do you guys remember the Good Life on TV?
2: Oh, absolutely, the Good Life.
3: Yeah. Yeah. oh yes. Tony's yeah. too yeah i'm sorry <laughs> and, uh, I, 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 also, do, I do remember it yeah so that that kind of inspired my parents quite a lot um oh, yeah, so that, yeah. that got my parents into the uh, into the into the dream as we learned uh john Seymour's book of self sufficiency and yeah, so yeah. um they before they moved to well they are now which is where I grew up and fell in love with gardening. They had a, a, a terrace house with the front lawn that they just ripped out and completely re did it into a garden. And what was nice what uh, was nice that uh well what wasn't nice when they left someone just laid it out and put it back to a lawn and then uh. someone else bought it and they were redoing the kitchen and a photograph of, of how my parents had the garden they had fallen down the back cupboard. And Ooh. they were so amazed by how nice the garden looked. And so they'd mess they <laughs> it back again so that, how it was when my parents had it. So that's looks quite funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, did did you mention John Seymour's book, Self-Sufficiency? Yeah. I, I yeah. used to love that when I was, a, you know, first got into gardening, because it used to have a what? fantastic- <laughs> used to um yeah, I haven't looked at it for a long time, but it used to have great um pictures of a, a one-acre garden, I think, and was it a three yes. I used to read it to my kids on a Saturday morning, look at the pictures and, and dream of having the small holding. It's a it's a fantastic book, absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um it's certainly caused quite a mini wave slash re- revolution uh in the in like the eighties and nineties.
2: Mm. Yeah.
3: yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, all dream of a of a garden like that. But um mm. yeah. I, I suppose round
1: Cabaristwith, you know, probably in the eighties and nineties, there were a lot of people coming into the area.
3: Yeah, you know. yeah, it was uh small holding central. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean the back kind of back to the question of how we got into gardening. So yeah. that was like my parents' side and uh they got a small holding. Um uh they always wanted to have a, a family in Wales my granddad as well which is my what why my middle name is Red and uh why my first name is not spelt or not spelt hunger. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so yeah um and uh I wish I was kind of age of two or three um, there's, a, there's a photo of me in a, in a red onesie just looking at a raised pad and I had no idea how significant <laughs> that would become uh, but I was, I was so inspired by how you, you just take a small seed and you'd plant it and it'd go into something you could eat I thought it yeah. was utter utter magic I was, I was hooked yeah. I just couldn't, especially during summer I couldn't wait for school to finish so I could go back and spend an evening in the garden with my dad yeah lovely yeah oh,
2: amazing yeah yeah and you if you you, you you so looking at your youtube channels and things obviously you've got enormous amount of information just on growing veg generally but you're always experimenting as well it seems like you know you're always trying to always challenging the sort of conventional wisdom and trying something new just to see if it if it if that's a better cheaper easier way of doing it
3: things it's really fun it's uh it's really fun being a bit of a non conformist in the gardening world. I think, <laughs> I, think I think the thing that, that powers me the most is I kind of have a deep sense of curiosity. Um and I, I use that as my motivation. Um and there, there's a thing I'm um, when I do talks recently and it's coming out in a in a video very soon, um, where everyone's heard of the saying curiosity. Curiosity kills the cat, or curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. Do you, do you, Steve, or do you, Tony, know the second part of that saying?
2: I, I don't know.
1: No, 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 no I don't. don't.
3: No one does. Yeah, it's of cool. well, The second part of the saying is: satisfaction brought it back.
1: Oh, curiosity killed know. the cat. And
3: satisfaction yeah. brought it back. However, so, conveniently, so. the second part is being obviously missed out. So it's I think people very much uh, grow up thinking it's bad to be curious because curious is kill the cat. And it's just mm. like it's like a like a throwaway statement. But um I am a, a massive advocate for curiosity. I think anyone who is passionate about something, be it food or you know, whatever hobby it is, they have curiosity as well. I really think it's like the secret, the secret source sense, the not so secret secret source and the thing about every single garden is different it has its own opportunities has its own challenges and it has its own gardener or group of gardeners and i think the way to like really tap into your space is to let your own curiosity guide you with how you want to approach that garden Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely tell us about your plots then have you have you got your is it allotments or have you got your own garden what what do you what do you do
3: well, good question. We have, right now, we're in the transition phase. So mm. when I say we, I mean myself and my team. So mm. uh, the, first, the first year it all started off in my dad's kitchen garden. I then took over and built him a, another garden so he could keep on growing food. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> yeah, a garden. It's a good film set, so uh, I have it, It was like, fine. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of where a lot of the videos in the past, especially uh, happened. We're now on the second year of a project of a piece of land that we're developing, and it's quite a big chunk. It's seven acres in size, yes. um, but it yes. is it is more than just horticulture. So my my passion really now is kind of heading towards um, regenerative agriculture. Um, I'm always going to have a kitchen garden, absolutely, but I'm really passionate about and curious about how we can look at larger areas of landscape to not just improve biodiversity in nature, but to still feed communities um, mm. and and reconnect people with with the seasons in a sense. So uh, there's a few different things we're doing there. We've got like the bottom two acres, which is very much horticulture focused. We've planted over 120 fruit trees. Um, yes. We're now planning a uh, a three-quarter acre vineyard uh, to plant next year. Um, nice. And yeah, we're just having a lot of fun. It's very much an experimental site. We've got four polytunnels. We've got a half-size allotment plot garden, which is my most exciting project that I'm involved <laughs> with this year. And you'll just have to wait because uh, that's going to be my next one, which comes out next year. Um, it's, yeah, I just love it. I I was there earlier today, came back so we could have this conversation, and I'm doing straight because it's, it's oh, ten goodness. minutes down the road. Gosh,
2: mm. uh, I know you 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 mentioned their regenerative gardening or agriculture in this case. What? Yeah, I, I, I hate to admit it, but I'm a bit unclear about what that is. Is it? So combining yeah
3: essentially so um sustainability as a word is like massively overused and i think it's lost its value and it's lost its meaning everyone everyone just uses it as a buzzword it's it's like oh look at this 50 recycled bottle could look really mm-hmm. sustainable you know i just i like, oh, shut up honestly <laughs> just um really, I, 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 it isn't to, that isn't going to improve the world you know nothing like that and there's not one thing that is going to improve the world. There's it's a lot of different things add up. So the idea with regenerative is using the name is about regenerating. It's about constant improvements rather than just coating or greenwashing. It's about actually making action. So every year you see improvements, whether that's sequestering carbon or increasing the biodiversity um index of, of a certain space. And so I mean, that's a, a far more like um a proactive, um, measurable way, where it's it's, it's an approach to regeneration, where it gets to a stage that you then become sustainable, because sustainable is about sustaining the current state. If we're wanting to be sustainable now, we're just wanting to sustain our current state. We're trying to regenerate it, get it to a better state, where we can then move back to calling things sustainable. Mm we over.
2: <laughs> and that's something yeah. that ordinary, obviously, ordinary gardeners can start to do on a smaller scale in their own plots.
3: Well, I think um I think this is really important to get across. So, growing your own food is one of the best things you can do. So. When I say like regenerative agriculture, that is out of touch for most gardeners because most gardeners, it's like back garden or allotment, And that's very different. So with a, um, with a garden, simply the act of growing your own food is, is one of the, I think one of the best things you can do. Um, yes, of course, you know, producing food miles, etc. but just being outside um, and kind of regenerating your soul a little bit. Like, I always feel like a garden is my escape from a busy world. Um, yeah. And and it's important for everyone to to have that opportunity. I think it should definitely be a right that everyone has the ability to come to or cultivate some form of green space or community garden in a sense. Yeah. But I think one of the other things that there's a lot of heated debate about is you've got the the traditional dig group versus the tradition versus like the the no diggers and. Yeah. Um, we spend way too much time trying to you know talk about which method is best and i i I will, will be honest i think we just need to cut out the fluff and say if you're growing your
0: own food
3: doesn't matter what method you're doing it the fact that you're growing food is amazing that should be celebrated don't feel bad because you don't Mm. fit into a certain box which Mm. is almost why i'm kind of going against the grain and being very experimental and you know i am broad forking some of my raised beds this year because i can't always have uh food growing over them and you know when you've got plants in the soil that's the best thing you can do for soil health but sometimes it isn't particularly or especially with some of the winters we get to actually have plants Mm. all the time and so we get a lot of rain rain can lead to soil compaction and so I feel that it's perfectly okay to do some board forking just to help aerate it a little bit um Mm. but you know I've I've mentioned that to some people and and they go up in arms about it and I'm just like we're just gardeners at the end of the day it's important that we Mm. have fun and I think it's also important to take a reality check. For a lot of us, at the end of the day, we're trying to produce food to feed our families. And so you've got to take a pragmatic approach that is suitable to the context in which you're in you know, and suitable to the budget in which you have. And so I am a massive like believer to, to to any gardener to like if they feel like they should do something because of a certain challenge that they face and it doesn't quite fit into the box of dig or like no dig. Don't worry about it because what mm. you're doing is growing food, and at the end of the day, that's all that matters.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really reassuring. <laughs> well,
1: I, th- yeah. I think there is a there is a danger, you know, with gardening and gardening books and everything really to do with gardening is it gets very prescriptive,
2: mm.
1: and yeah. there's old the school's ways of doing it, and that's the only way. And I think what you're saying, Hugh, and and to be honest, I think uh, Stephanie last time we had a podcast was saying something similar, you know. You know, liberate yourself from being too blinkered about how you approach things,
3: like you yeah, say, Because what happens, you, you miss out on everything around the fringes. It's like mm. you know, if I if I sat down, I could probably like maybe write out fifty different ways of growing a potato. Yes. And, mm,
1: and yeah, and this
3: is the other yeah. thing that there's like there could be um, because uh, that there could be a method that you that that there's people that are gardening and they they're not quite feeling it. There might be, you know, a method of growing potatoes that they really enjoy and they're quite tips about, and so <laughs> that that's a nice kind of entry into it. And the other thing that I like when I saw Stephanie Afferty, I think it was last year, we were having a chat, and I loved what she had to say about self-sufficiency. Is that she was saying along the lines of, and this is definitely poetry reading, of um, that she actually quite likes not being completely self-sufficient in everything because it means she can go to her local town and she can speak to people and she can have that community engagement and you can swap things and well, I think it is really important. I think um something that uh, that should be looked at more is, is uh, co-sufficiency, so it's like community based sufficiency right. rather than yeah. trying to isolate yourself. In this yeah. your day and yeah. age, it does not make sense to just isolate yourself. In, instead, it's about a collaborative approach. Mm.
1: So mm-hmm. with the produce that you're going to get from your seven acres is that going to be yeah. then spread throughout the community is that the idea?
3: Oh yeah well one thing that we do we do um, at least a monthly volunteer day uh, so a lot of people come over and we cook them a nice big lunch uh, so they can they can enjoy the, the flavors of the seasons from the from the space. Um, mm-hmm. My colleague Sam, he's a professional chef. Right next to me, to uh, to my right, this is Test Kitchen. So we're mm-hmm. um, we're doing a lot of very experimental cooking, um, food preserving techniques. And goal we'd like to do a supper club, um, which would be a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then we do like a staff veg box scheme when when the harvest start coming in. And uh, we supply a little bit to a couple of local restaurants. Um, and this year we're going to do, well, we're hoping to do a bit of a foodie veg box scheme. So it's essentially a veg box for foodies where they get to try flavors that they just could, could never buy from from a shop. Wow, mm.
2: yeah. Will you be running courses there, Hugh? Or do you do that already?
3: Uh, no, haven't done any courses there. At the moment, I think, I think perhaps just, just because it's the project now is about 14 months old, it's still uh it still needs a bit of time to mature. I'd like it in my goal in two years is to be able to open up things like uh National Garden Scheme um and uh and involve people. But you know, uh take especially well, the reason why we've put in so many perennials over the last year is because they take time to mature, but when they do mature, it just like it fits in so nicely. And so, give it another two years for it to start to like mature and settle, and then um, people can come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's.
2: Was... So,
1: um, you do this full time, presumably you. Full
3: time and more. That's full <laughs> time and more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Very yeah. healthy living, though.
3: Uh, yeah, most of the time, unless <laughs> unless it's like today and I forgot that I had a video deadline, so I'm off to film and then edit that tonight because uh, yeah, that that'll be quite fun. But you know, it's um, I I I I can't complain. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, if I ever do take on too much, it's always my own fault. So <laughs> I accept, accept the responsibility. Yeah. yeah.
2: You've got so many videos up already. It's um, it was funny because the weekend when I knew I was going to be talking to you, I was I, I spent a lot of the the three day weekend digging out ground elder from the plot and from the garden, and I was oh, thinking boy. I'm going to ask you what what he'd do with all this ground elder, and I had a look on your your YouTube site, and there was a there was a, a, a I think it was a newish video about making liquid feed from weeds, you know about putting oh, them yes. in a bucket. Um, so you kind of answered my question, I guess. I should be making liquid feed from uh, from the weeds, and uh, well,
3: yeah, why not? I mean, weed, it's, it's great because yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, I think there's a couple of really ridiculous things that have happened recently. One was slugs aren't pests, and I'm like, well, yeah, there were some slugs that aren't pests, but as a gardener, a slug is a pest if it's eating, and I, I don't you know it's things the past. another one is this whole whole hoo-ha about weeds which I find really hilarious. Um, <laughs> sometimes in my videos I'll be like pulling out a dandelion like you can eat that. I'm like yeah but i like, rather than, what, I'm planting in place of the dandelion. <laughs> the dandelion and like you know I don't mind if it's in the lawn or in the pathway but it's it's just one of those things that we just find really funny. Um I guess the definition that they like of a weed is that it's a plant growing that a plant growing in the wrong place in a sense yeah um yeah. yeah but i think i think it gets the reason why i think it's actually a little bit dangerous to say there's no such thing as a weed and slugs aren't pests is actually when it comes to new gardeners because it very much kind of muddies the water with them actually knowing what it, advice to follow at the start and the most important thing is to get the first harvest under the belt and to feel like they can get into a routine before they can then branch off into the permaculture techniques or or stuff and so I think it's really important to be quite clear with the messaging of what weeds are, what pests are, just to help new gardeners otherwise it's very easy to forget that there's people next year who are going to get an allotment who've, who've never grown before. And now they've yeah. got all of this stuff saying, "Oh, no such thing as pests and no such thing as weeds." And like, do I keep this? And all in my bed. And, and <laughs> um, you know, that's why I kind of like to just, when I make my videos, I just try and make it as clear as possible. Um, and to just outline options, so so it's quite easy for 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 the viewer to think, okay, I can do this with that. In a sense, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, I, I can't believe we're running out of time already, Hugh. Um uh, well, so already? Things, hey? I know. I had so many things I wanted to ask you, and I do want to ask you where before before we you know I do I do, <laughs> I do um, get uh, get kicked off here. Um, where can readers find out more from you? We've mentioned YouTube. I think you write a blog as well, don't you?
3: It's, yeah, it's, a I can't so keep nice. up with that at the moment. I I have um I have to I have my responsibility to to my publisher and essentially the way I approach writing books is because it's nonfiction. It's um every two or three uh pages of information is like a, a its own blog post in a sense. And then I write lots of blog posts, and then I've made a chapter. And I, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, all of my blog posts are in the format of a book. Um, uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram over at Hughes Garden um, as well. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant.
2: Yep, great. Will you be going to shows this year? I know um, a few of our writers are off to to Malvern this week. I'd love to have gone. I haven't managed to get there this year, but.
3: Uh the only show I'm going to this year that I know of is um uh the Chelsea Flower Show uh-huh. uh on Monday and Tuesday and that will definitely be my, my yearly approach of socialization time. <laughs> Yeah, It's it's already half filled after going to the garden press event, so I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I I I, I, like, I like just being out in the garden to be honest. Yeah. I like a nosy. Don't don't you know, don't don't get me wrong. I do like a little mosey. Um but it's it's quite it's quite far away. And if I am if I am going away, I'd kind of like to go to somewhere where I can just eat lots of food and like look at mountains.
2: Oh, who can blame you? That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh well thanks so much for talking to us, you yeah, I'm sorry time's you. time's so short, but it's been really great. Hi. And um, if nice we ever get the you. chance to talk to you again, that would be amazing. We'll have a we've got a oh, stop yeah. of questions Anytime. we need to
3: ask it. Anytime. Yeah
2: i've got a feature to write and I, ne- I need to i need to blag some information before i write it so <laughs> i'll come to you first Perfect. and then pretend i thought of it all
3: <laughs> yeah yeah that's uh, that's a cunning <laughs> strategy yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay uh,
2: thanks again cheers, it's been great cheers, to talk
1: cheers. to you nice to talk to you mate. thank you very much all yeah. the best bye-bye you too bye okay
2: well we hope you enjoyed our podcast If you did and you'd like to know more about Kitchen Garden magazine, pop along to www.classicmagazines.co.uk and you can take advantage of some subscription offers there. Or um, if you go to Readly, that's www.readly.com forward slash gardening. Readly is currently giving two months of unlimited reading to over 7000 digital magazines and newspapers, including top gardening titles like Kitchen Garden magazine, uh, with a special offer which lasts until the 31st of May. So if you'd like to know more about that, as I say, pop along to www.readly.com forward slash gardening um, and you can get two months of unlimited reading. Until the thirty-first of May, twenty-three. So in the meantime, thanks for listening and happy gardening.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.